Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. I am recording. What the fuck? Okay, no, it's recording now. As if you press the middle button and it just like turns the whole microphone off. That's fucking practical. Like, <laughs> I've never realised that before. <laughs> that could happen at any point. Like, what a stupid feature. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, there's something going on with my recording... We can cut this out, but last week, it cut off, like, the last minute of my recording, really? so we kind of stopped abruptly, where it was like, uh, you were like, okay, bye, and I just didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So, I'll look into Did that, you, like, edit it together? So- that's where we're at today. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Okay, fine. Tin can operation. Truly truly is so how are you i am fine i'm exhausted i forgot it was daylight savings today (gasps) so i woke up at seven forgetting that actually it was six o'clock for me that's next week for us i could have slept in i say that's next week that's a fucking lie like it's mother's day which is the 29th of march here so we've got ages yeah so you still have two weeks to get some sleep we're gonna be off for ages as well like remembering it anyway um all right yeah how's your week i know you had, you had a busy week you had an amazing week right yeah i went i went to crufts which is like i don't amazing. i don't know if people know what that is in america do they uh yeah i think so yeah yeah so it's just it's basically a dog show it's like it's like it's one of the most famous ones it's though. like the famous one I think yeah (laughs) like if you've got a pedigree dog it comes from the kennel club which is like an English establishment or a British establishment yeah um and uh yeah so we went and we saw like dogs dancing around to music and (laughs) (laughs) they do like an agility course so they have to go like through a tube like over a fence like all this stuff and they have, and they do it in like thirty seconds. Like they're all sheepdogs, basically. Sorry, they're all co- um collies, so they're all like all yeah. the same type of dog. That are all, that's obviously a really clever dog and like easy to train. Yeah, like, I was looking at it thinking like every single thing. I was like, Arlo would never do that in a fucking million years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's too cool for that stuff. He's just fucking lazy and like just doesn't like he'll sit if you got food and that's pretty much it he knows how to like get like i'll say like down or bed or have a wee like yeah he knows the basics yeah, he knows the basics but he's not doing tricks like none of that <laughs> and um Aww. it was good though because basically i've never been to crafts before 
but you go and like the bit you see on telly has been like judged all day and like whittled down from mm-hmm. like there's like a hundred chihuahuas there's like a hundred dalmatians <laughs> there's like a hundred uh i love it uh, like every, like any dog that you like you can look in the guide and then go yeah. and watch that dog be judged and there's just like loads of them all hanging out together yes was it loud was there a lot of barking nope. or were they very good dogs like barely any barking <gasps> wow. it's because they're taught like i love that i guess they just taught not to bark yeah. and not to like freak out they're the highest pedigree yeah and like yeah they just like the judge goes up to them and like puts his hand like round their ass and like pulls their gums back because like then they just take it yeah like, they just don't <laughs> care have you ever seen best in show it's very yeah. much like that. That's all that I think of. Yeah. And like, after I came back, I went to Carly. Was it just me or were like some of the people we spoke to a bit like weird? And she was like, weird. Yeah. Like they kind of like, they didn't really have great social skills. Like they seemed like really shocked mm. that you were talking to them. Yeah. And they spoke really Aww. quietly and like, yeah, they were just like quite socially awkward. Like Carly was like, well, they Aww. are like dog people who show their dogs like that's <laughs> that their, is life. their life yeah I they was like, talk to dogs all day yeah and like and they, oh, they probably thought like why the fuck are you here you don't have a dog as well <laughs> <laughs> it's like, funny because that's what people say about uh like animal wranglers that's what they say for movies and tv oh really Those people are so weird yeah like really quiet and not great at the human interaction so you can see where they've gone like yeah and their style is a little bit different and sometimes Uh their hairstyles and yeah their clothes never fit quite right and (laughs) oh well if that's your life then who cares about clothes i mean they're fucking happy like yeah they seem pretty happy (laughs) They seem happier than me. Like they've got a purpose. <laughs> oh, they have a purpose. I met a sixteen-year-old Chihuahua, and it got like fourth. Oh. It got like fourth got out fourth. of like. What was its name? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I met I met like <laughs> what a was chi- what? What oh, were some top names that you heard? So there was a Chihuahua called Tinkerbell, obviously um oh, and okay. it was an, it yeah, was like classic. an emotional support dog and it had a little emotional support dog like thing on it oh <laughs> they were because they've all got pedigree names haven't they that are like lord borkington of like lady snuffville or whatever <laughs> like <laughs> i can't think of any good ones but like and then they have to give them like a pet name that's yeah. actually a proper name what? That you could say, yeah, like in the cat. I like, didn't know that. Yeah, like if uh, if it's pedigree dog, it's got like a a really long name, an unnecessarily long name that you register Did with the kennel club. Did not know that. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like um, the I can I can find an example of one for you now. Wait there, we'll have to. Okay. Ask. Oh my god, you can get a pedigree dog names generator. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please. Okay, so um, this is just an example of 
like three random pet names that I'm picking out of a list of pedigree pet names, and these are real. Okay. Yep. Cool Waters Calamity Jane. <laughs> Plum Hollow Top Hat. No. Bannon Brig Mr. Brightside. <laughs> what? The 27 most ridiculously named dogs from Crufts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I yes, love please. that so much. Bracorian's Goddess of Love. She's very <gasps> no, handsome. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> She's lovely. Um, Heaven's Mercy in Love with Doria. That's one of them. No. It's, this, stop it's just it, like random fist witch core blimey. <laughs> That's a little like... That's so British. I know. It's so stupid. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll do, the, we'll generate our dog, our pedigree dog names. It's just, fuck it. It's just gibberish, basically. Um, <laughs> it's just words put together. It's just random words just taped together. Um, anyway, so it's like in a massive arena and we did like 13,000 steps you have like a step counter and like yeah i was like wow. oh my god i'm so tired and i took my shoes off and there was like blood on my sock and like no you know like, like you know when like your toenails too long and it cuts your other toe yes <laughs> like that, that was happened. me after disneyland yeah. <laughs> literally drew blood <laughs> yeah <laughs> truly it did oh my god it, like i was so fucking tired after that it was horrific and I only got to have like three drinks because I like had them like all over like basically probably about six hours. I had like three drinks because I had to yeah. drive and like Carly wasn't really in the mood to drink and no one was really drinking because it's like not really like a drinking yeah, it thing. Sound but... like... Yeah, the kind I just of wanted place to drink. I was on holiday. Have a rager. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had like a couple of ciders, but oh yeah that's fun but it was a great day out i would recommend it yeah i'm glad you had a good time would you go would you go back again next year no i've seen it once like that's more oh, than enough okay it's not like it's like a one and done kind of thing all right good to know like carly would go again but okay i uh, i don't think there was enough drinking for me um and there wasn't <laughs> Like, like the people were kind of weird, but it, it was, and and it's a really long day. I'm okay. just not yeah, cut out for that true. kind of thing anymore. Like, I'm not yeah. cut out for festivals anymore. I'm not cut out for schleps around long things that are 12,000. I was saying, like, when I was at the bar, I was like, I'm exhausted. Like, I remember at festivals, I would, like, walk around. You walk around all day. Yeah, you're just drinking. walking back and forth. Yeah, like in in wellies, like mm-hmm. you just you're, not in comfortable shoes. No, and there's like nowhere to sit. <laughs> like you don't give a shit. And I was like, I yeah. honestly, I feel like I've been kicked in the back by a horse. Like this is <laughs> this can't be normal. <laughs> but like it is. Yeah. Like like when did that just go away? Like that ability to do stuff like that. I don't it know. Almost crept away from me overnight. <laughs> just a few years into your 30s and that's what starts happening yep and also i know that i got old because we were in a hotel that had a spa 
and like mm. there's i think there's like two different schools of people there's like women or girls or whatever that have always been like in a communal changing room they are all good with just getting their tits and minge out and just getting dressed yeah. and don't don't fucking yes. care like walking around from the shower or whatever like i finally yeah. also hit that age where i'm like I've been on this earth for 33 years. If you think I'm going to fucking try and get dressed <laughs> under a clammy towel, you're completely wrong. So I'm just like swanning around that. with like my muff out in the fucking changing rooms. And I was like, now I know I'm old. Like, what, you know, when you were younger and you used to be like, why is it only old women walk around with their muff out in the changing rooms? Yes, like, I am that old woman. always older women. <laughs> I am that older woman now. I'm like, I don't give a oh, fuck. Oh man, I... <laughs> I, I haven't gotten there yet. There's so maybe maybe we'll do this to when you come to L.A. Uh, we'll go. To, so in L.A. they have Korean spas and they're okay. split up between men and women because yeah. basically you're just walking through the spa. There's all different baths. You can get massages. You can like lay in a hot room or a sauna. But everyone's just naked. Everyone's naked. That sounds amazing. <laughs> sure. But I, my friend's gone and she was like, it was amazing. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. I, I still haven't, I haven't reached that yet. Oh, you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> you really will get Maybe there. Maybe I will. Like, yeah. I couldn't I think sometimes you're just forced fuck. to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking I at know what I'll you've got. There. You're not looking at what I've got. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Like, just mm-hmm. get your muff out. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. All right. Well, maybe we'll try that when you come here. This is the first time I've done it, though. I've never done That's it before great. that. So I yeah. got on over that hurdle this weekend of getting your genitals out in front of strangers <laughs> and not fucking caring. And it wasn't like, a, oh, look at me. It was like, I just don't care. Yeah, you don't care. I get that. <laughs> it's like, I feel like the first step of that is like not wearing makeup. You're not wearing makeup. Who yeah. cares if you're not wearing makeup? I don't care. That's like kind of the first step of that. Yeah. And then you and don't then wear a bra. And progresses from there. <laughs> and then you don't wear a bra. <laughs> and then you go out without doing anything to your hair whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and then you answer so it's the door just, a progression. just with underwear on to the delivery guy being like hello <laughs> like well this is my house like yeah what yeah. do you want this is my house right you knocked on my door i'm comfortable <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. well how okay how was my week i went and saw batman it was great <gasps> was it yeah robert pattinson yeah, he yeah. is easy on the eye. Um, yeah, he is. It's a three-hour-long movie. I don't know how they're still milking this fucking DC or Marvel comic cow. Like, those titties must be dry. Like, how are you they're still not. getting stories? Tulsa, they're always, they're always going to happen. It's <sighs> just a classic story now. I just don't get it. Is there loads of comics? Like, that they... Yeah. They just There's so many comic stories to take from that it's it's just ongoing there's always was gonna it be good, a new angle yes it was or was it explodey i mean not overly 
Okay, that's <laughs> not fair. overly explodey. Yeah, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. What Batman characters are in it? Is it like the Penguin or the Joker or Catwoman or there's All Penguin played by Colin Farrell, who is unrecognizable and amazing. Wow. There yeah. is the Riddler, who Ooh. he barely shows up in in um, Batman movies. He hasn't shown up since like 1992. Jim Carrey. You actually, Talissa, you might actually like it because they really make the Riddler. They take a lot of inspiration. You could tell from like serial killers, Ooh. but specifically the Zodiac killer. Ooh, you have piqued my interest. Which makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, it makes sense because it's like the Riddler has all these like codes and, you know, coded letters and riddles that you have to figure out, which is kind of like the Zodiac Killer. Okay. So. Yeah. All right. I didn't think. If you want to spend. (laughs) I didn't think anyone was going to talk me around to that, but you have managed it. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. I'll go see it with you. Yeah. Um, I think Tom will want to see it with me because I'm not watching any other Marvel film or DC film ever. So, <laughs> also, I heard well, this. You might like this one as long as you're okay with three hours of a movie, but it yeah. ke- it keeps your interest the whole time. That's fair. Um, I heard that Robert Pattinson apparently like they said, okay, can you like bulk up for the role? And he was like, yeah. yeah. They apparently turned up like on day one and he hadn't done anything and they were like really we told you to bulk up and he was like what are you gonna do fire me <laughs> that's that's hilarious that's so I good mean, isn't was it was he i guess they didn't really show they didn't show that part probably because he didn't often, bother so. yeah it's so good. He also got COVID. He got COVID like the first or second day of shooting and they had to shut down for like two months. Oh my so, God. What a there waste was that money. as well. Maybe that's why he was like, I got COVID. I'm not going to work out. No. I need to rest. Also, I found out today, my friend Sarah is coming to America. She's going to a, uh, is it is it South by Southwest happening or? Oh yeah, that's happening right now. Yeah, she's going to that. Um but she said, for your PCR test for America, you have to do it on a video call. So they see it what? go up your actual nose. <gasps> I did not know that. I know, me, me neither. So there's no way you could like fake it at all. Wow. Not that you would, but I That's mean. That's extreme. Yeah. Like they fucking make sure that you do it. That is crazy, right? Yeah, definitely. Look forward to that. <laughs> yeah i guess you'll have to do that soon in the yes, next I will. few months um <laughs> yeah i just wanted to do a couple of patreon shout outs because we have oh, two yes, new patreons please. yeah we have caroline um and re and re i have sent you a message saying give me your address and you haven't replied so i don't know where to send your rewards so if you're listening re Please send me your address. <laughs> and then me and, and or else? Rachel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <and> then <laughs> we'll send you something. We don't know what country you're in. So it might be coming from me. It might be coming from Talissa. Who knows? Exactly. We don't know yet. That's yeah. our system. Um, and then Caroline. Yeah. So thank you both so much. Um, thank you. We love you. We That's do love so you. so nice. 
It's really, really sweet. And it helps us a lot. It really helps us a lot. Oh, God, for, it just because, does. you know, we pay for stuff here to make the podcast, and the tiny little bit does help. So if you haven't True. followed us on Patreon, please do it, because it does help. Yeah. Um, or share us. Share us to your friends on social media, because that helps, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Tell tell a friend if you like what we do, um, or, yeah, just send them a link, and they can listen to us swearing and talking about dogs so uh next tin can operation (laughs) to this tin can operation baby so (laughs) um do you remember i texted you in the week saying um i've got a question but i want to save it for the podcast yes yeah what is that question so my question was have you ever gotten through therapy without crying yes have you Yes. Like more than you do not or yes. Because I I think someday cuz I do therapy at the end of the day and I've talked about this with friends. Sometimes it depends on the time of day that you do therapy. Okay. It depends on how emotional you are, how how uh conversational you are, how ready you are for those kinds of things. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I get to the end of the day and I'm already exhausted <laughs> and I just want to get through it and get done and I don't have the energy to have a lot of emotion. Other days, it's like all the emotion comes into one and it all comes out. But I I would say 50-50 for me. Sometimes it's very like conversational and I'm just talking and relaying and it's kind of matter of fact for me and then other days i can't hold it in at all and it all gets to me so i what about you i've i've got through one therapy session in my life without crying and like wow (laughs) i said said to the guy like i didn't cry today i bet you're fucking gutted and he was like no (laughs) But like I must be I think I must be the only person in the world who I just cry my fucking eyes out from like beginning to end. I think it's uh-huh. cuz I maybe work it up in my head so much cuz I'm like I think I totally get that. I sometimes I do get really worked up about I know what I'm going to talk about. I'm holding all this emotion in my body. I know that it's going to come up and it's going to come out. And that's when it usually does. But that's the thing like when you're not thinking about it and you're not getting worked up about it like sometimes I'll just come into therapy and not have any idea of what I'm going to talk about Mm. and those are some of the times where I don't get upset and I don't cry and then it's also surprising when that those kinds of sessions happen and some kind of emotion does come up and I was like oh I wasn't expecting this to happen. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, though, like, in general, you're not much of a crier. Yes, I am. Are you? (laughs) Yes, I am. I cry all the time. I don't think I've ever seen you cry. (laughs) Probably because I'm so fucking hilarious that you can never cry (laughs) when you're with me. (laughs) Yeah, I just... uh... I do cry. I used to cry all the time when I would get angry. That was that was a lot of the time when I would cry because oh, really? I didn't know how to. 
process my anger. Yeah. And now I feel like lately I cry all the time. Talissa, I think I cry maybe once a day. I nearly, like, we're watching Pammy and Tommy. And, like, I was nearly <laughs> crying at the end of that. Like, I was like, why can't they just work it out? <laughs> <laughs> Even watching Batman last night, I was like, I'm not going to cry at Batman. Crying at Batman. There was one little moment where I got a lump in my throat. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to do this now. This is not going to happen. We were, we were at Crufts and like, there was, there's like a hero dog section. And it was like, oh, <laughs> this, uh, come on. Like, who doesn't cry at that? They were like, oh, this this dog um, like Carly went out like for a piss and then they started playing the thing and it was like oh this dog gave its human CPR and then it was like and this dog um helps his blind owner like like play with his kids and I was just like no. I can't like came back and I was crying and Carly was like oh get up you big girl's blouse and I was like he <laughs> saved his life the man was blind <laughs> what is wrong with you I would be crying with you, Talissa, if I were there. Oh, God. Dogs and old people. Break me down. Yeah. Yeah. And babies. And puppies. <laughs> babies can and... give a fuck, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs and, uh... and old people. That's it for me. <laughs> oh, and love that love that can never be. <laughs> Not... Yes. <laughs> yes. There are some times where I, I can feel that lump and like nothing is triggering it. It's like, okay, I need to get this cry out. So I'll watch sad videos on YouTube of to like what? make me cry. What do you Google? <laughs> sad video? No, for a while it was like, uh, I know it's their big propaganda things, but like people from the military coming home and their dogs but seeing them they, or their children seeing them. Or is it like... Oh, oh, what to like join the military? Yeah, it definitely that, that does not eradicate the fact that that dog loves that man though. Like I know, I the know. The dog still loves them. <laughs> yes, like that's some fucking good propaganda. <laughs> yeah, those kinds of things make me cry. There was a while where I would watch like <laughs> this is embarrassing. Uh, like you know, on like talk shows where they give away money to people who are really in need uh oh. those kind of things make me cry fat like family reunions or like i never yeah. knew my mother but like now she's here <laughs> like that's i'm gone i'm going on that yes yes pure All love those kinds like of the pure love pure Pure love. Even like yeah. sometimes engagement videos or like wedding oh, videos off. would make me cry. <laughs> they would. It's pure love. No, I went through I don't I get very jealous of engagements and I actually started watching like engagements gone wrong. Like that was great. Oh <laughs> no. But that's because I'm so bitter. <laughs> actually had to raise it with my therapist where I was like, I can't be happy for anybody that's engaged. Like this is an issue. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm the opposite. Oh, that's nice. I wish I felt like you. Yeah. And then she would say, <laughs> I was like, well, when you're in your 30s, it just feels like a game of fucking musical chairs and like all the chairs are being pulled away and like there's less and less chairs. She was like, I, yeah, but 
you're saying like getting married is a game of musical chairs but like that game isn't actually over until you die like you've got until you (laughs) die to get married and i'm like that is true like (laughs) she's a good therapist (laughs) that's good yeah that's good all right should we get into we've been talking for almost half an hour should we get into our stories this week yeah so all right our theme this week is we're still traveling around the world and it's africa we are (laughs) africa yeah Yeah. Um, i think we're done with the world after this right we haven't really we've done all the continents antarctica or yeah the north pole or the south pole that's all we've got left yeah I yeah, think. I think so. I think you're right. Or, or though, no, like Pacific? yeah, we did Australia, we did Asia, we did South America. Europe. We always do North America. We always do. Yeah, that's me. That's my stories. So, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah we're done. Unless we run out of themes All again, right. then we'll probably visit somewhere else. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go to the South Pacific or Antarctica, Canada. Um. Canada, they've got yeah. some good they've got some interesting stories they do it's me first this week and mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you the story of daisy demelka Ooh, okay yeah so uh daisy demelka was born daisy hancorn smith on the 1st of june 1886 in seven fountains in what was then the cape colony so it was a british colony established in 1806 mm-hmm. um, in what is now South Africa. So in okay. 1910, the colony became known as Cape Province. So that because there's been like a lot of carving up of Africa, there's a lot of changing name places. Um, yeah. I will try and use the correct current names and tell you the old names as well. So she was one of 11 children. And when she was 12, wow. she, yeah that's a lot um when she was 12 she moved from cape province to rhodesia which is now known as zimbabwe to live with her dad and two of her brothers and she enrolled in nursing school in durban so she was like a care worker basically so when she was 21 in 1907 she was back in rhodesia visiting her family and she met and fell in love with bert fuller so they planned to get married in October that same year. People got married quick then. I think it's because mm. you were either pregnant or you wanted yeah. to bang. Yeah, exactly. And also, like my mum said, like people these days have like a practice of living together. She was like, in my day, you didn't live together no. unless you were married. No. Like, and that was the other thing too. People either wanted to sleep together, they were already pregnant or they just wanted to get out of their family's house. Yeah, like, and then when you're married, people give you money for your new house. And they give you, like, a microwave or, mm-hmm. like, yeah, a dining set or something. Like, they set right. you up in your new house. <laughs> like, that's your wedding present. So yeah. that kind of, kind of made yeah. sense. So uh, they planned to get married in October of 1907. However, Bert fell ill with black water fever. So I had to oh. look up so much scientific shit in this which was actually quite fun um yeah not not for him obviously but blackwater fever is a complication of malaria in which your red blood cells burst in the bloodstream that doesn't sound pleasant it sounds a bit like ebola 
Like, that's kind of what Ebola was, oh, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah, it's like your blood cells, like, burst. So um, it releases hemoglobin directly into your blood vessels and your urine, frequently leading to kidney failure. So within a Yikes. few days of catching it, you have chills, high fever, jaundice, and vomiting. Wow. Rapidly progressive anemia, which is a lack of iron, and then yeah. dark red or black urine. Ouch. So it's it's like your dead blood cells are coming out in your urine because there's so much right. of there's so many of them that your kidneys can't yeah. handle it and that's what you die of. Oof. So yeah, not a great way to go. So no. on the day they were planned to be married, Bert died with <gasps> Daisy nursing him. That's heartbreaking. I know. Yeah. Um, he left her £100 in his will. And this is in like 1907 money, so I'm assuming it's more than £100. Probably like a grand, maybe? Yeah. This time? It's like maybe decent. More. So about 18 months after Bert died... In March 1909, Daisy met someone new, William Alfred Cowell. So he was a 36-year-old plumber um, from Johannesburg. And they got married when she was just 22. And they had a total of five children. Unfortunately, the first two were twins and they died when they were just babies. Their third child died of an abscess on the liver and their fourth child suffered convulsions and bowel trouble and died at 15 months old. That's really sad. So in 1911, they had a boy called Rhodes Cecil who survived. Okay. So it was okay in the end, and by this time, it was 1923, so Daisy was 36 and William was 50, and they decided to stop having children and that they were just happy with their one son. Like, they didn't want to go through that again, which is fair enough. Yeah. On January the 11th of 1923, William, uh, Daisy's husband, became ill after taking some Epsom salts prepared by Daisy. And I was like, why on earth would you drink Epsom salts, right? Because... Can you? Well, right. So what do you think Epsom salts are for? Epsom salts help you when you're, like, to ease your muscles. Like, you take you put a them bath, in the bath you put right? Epsom salts in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, apparently, uh, you give them for constipation. Like, if you drink them, okay. they make they make you shit. Yeah, which... that's, that sounds... Why does that sound familiar to me? I guess, like, when you are constipated, it helps to dissolve uh, salt in hot water, and then you drink that. Really? I've heard that helps. Was that your dad again? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Again. His answer to everything. Gargle hot water. Salt, salt. Salty yeah. water. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it was like that's the more extreme version of that with Epsom salts. Yeah. So basically, um, she he drank that. Um, and then they called the doctor because he wasn't feeling very well, but it wasn't serious um, at that time. So the doctor prescribed a bromide mixture to ease the symptoms. So I looked up bromide because I was like, what are these? This is like fucking <laughs> Grandpa Simpson, like, uh, yeah. like fucking cures for stuff. So I looked that up and apparently that's used for like anti-seizure medication or to help you mm, breathe okay. better. So it's if oh. you've got like a tight chest. So I assume that he was having seizures or that he couldn't breathe. 
So mm. that's why the doctor gave him bromide. Anyway. Sounds like he maybe had anxiety. He was constipated. He couldn't go to the yeah. bathroom. He was having... Uh, tight chest and I can't take a shit. Tight chest. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're stressed out, dude. So, however, after that doctor left, his condition deteriorated rapidly. So Daisy called her neighbours to help and for another doctor to come as well back. Um, And then William started foaming at the mouth. He went blue in the face and he screamed in agony when anyone tried to touch him. And then he died. So that doesn't sound like a nice way to go. No. The second doctor, having seen this, refused to sign his death certificate because he suspected that he had been poisoned with strychnine. I was starting to think poison. Yeah, well, she's a lady, right? So we love that poison. Mm, (laughs) So basically, I didn't know what strychnine was. So I had Mm -hmm. to look that up. What's that? Yeah. So it's a highly toxic, colourless, bitter crystal used as a pesticide for pigeons, mice and rats. So it's basically rat okay. poison. Yeah. That would that would kind of Our look snack. like Epsom salts. Right. Okay. When inhaled, swallowed or absorbed through the eyes or mouth, it poisons the victim, resulting in muscular convulsions and eventually death through suffocation. So okay. that's what that... I mean, he was probably bang on the money. So yeah. he refused to sign the death certificate until uh, there'd been a post-mortem. Which is pretty good of him in that day and age. Like, it's 1923. Yeah. People die left, Standing right, and centre back ground. then. Yeah. So right. he was like, mm, this, this seems weird. So had a post-mortem and the cause of death was eventually listed as chronic, chronic nephritis and cerebral hemorrhage. Had to look that up. So... <laughs> Chronic nephritis is kidney damage um, and bleeding on the brain, uh, cerebral hemorrhage. Right. Natural causes, it's listed as. So Mm -hmm. Daisy then inherited £1,795 in her husband's will. In her husband's will. Moving up. Yep. She's getting good money now and she was the sole beneficiary. Okay. She's got a lot of cash and it's just her and her son. Yeah. Rhodes. And then three years after that, on the 11th of January 1926, Daisy married another plumber. She likes the plumbers. Mm. Um, Robert, yeah. Sp- Robert Sprout. And he was 10 years her senior, um, which okay. is kind of like normal, I think. 10 years. That's acceptable. That's not crazy. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Then, but I think she's picking them a bit older. So, like, it doesn't look weird if they drop down dead. <laughs> Um, yeah, because the other guy was 14 years her senior. Yeah. He was like 50 when he died. So right, you could say like a lot of 50 year olds might have a random heart attack. Yeah. Or, you know, true. like problems they didn't know about. So, um, yeah, she gets married to Robert Sprout. And then 22 months into the marriage in October 1927, Robert also came out became violently ill he had severe Uh muscle spasms (laughs) surprise he had severe (laughs) muscle spasms and was in excruciating pain but Mm -hmm. he recovered from his mystery illness i bet she was like fuck did not put enough in so 
However, a few weeks later, on the sixth of on the sixth of November, he was drinking a beer with Daisy and his stepson Rhodes when the same thing happened again, and he died. So Uh-oh. a doctor, yep. So a doctor was called, and he again diagnosed the death as a bleed on the brain, and no autopsy was performed. Hmm. But I think this is because they're having seizures before they mm. die and so they think stroke or aneurysm or you know some sort of like brain backfire basically yeah. right right robert was 46 at the time getting younger getting younger uh daisy then inherited over four thousand pounds plus wow <laughs> a further 560 pounds paid by his pension fund Okay. So she's all good for a while. Then now she's like, look, she's she just keeps looking for, okay, more, more pension now. What's next? Yeah. Like <laughs> your initial conversation. You're a plumber. Yeah. What's your pension like? Yeah. Good. Let's talk. <laughs> Do you have a pension? Yes. Okay, great. That's a great start. <laughs> Would you like to see my ankle? <laughs> like that's yeah. the kind of like... <laughs> seduction <laughs> we're going for um so four years later daisy married for a third time and okay. she met a widower sydney clarence demelka who was also a plumber what oh. is are they are they she's just coming to her plumbers are they coming to her house is there some sort of union she's visiting like uh, we three plumbers that's weird yeah I wonder if like someone in her family was like she she just has a fam- familiarity with plumbers. She's got or... a thing for plumbers. I mean, they are fucking handy to yeah. have around. Like, I will give you that. <laughs> like, That's like, true. Yeah. My brother, my brother is a plumber, and he talked me through fixing my washing machine for free. Like you, I wow. mean, that is just Italian hand kiss. Like, <laughs> fun fact: our uh, theme song was written by and performed by David Cisneros, who is also a plumber. He's my Oh my God, it's come plumber. full circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this woman's not still around. <laughs> yeah, no wonder she's she's uh, going for plumbers. They're, they're, they could do all kinds of things other than plumbing. Yeah. So this, this poor man, <laughs> they tied the knot on the 21st of January, 1931. Okay. A year into the marriage, in February 1932, Daisy travelled from her home to a chemist, which was about 20 miles out of town, to buy arsenic. She told the chemist that she needed the chemical to put her sick cat down. And she used her former name from her marriage with Robert, so she said that she was called Daisy Sprout not Daisy Demelka, mm. because you have to fill in a um, poisons register to say why okay. you're buying it and what you need it for in case someone dies, yeah. obviously. She's sketchy. She is sketchy. So on the 2nd of March that same year, this is a bit of a twist, her son, Rhodes, who was just 20, drank mm. some coffee from a thermos that his mother had prepared for him he immediately fell extremely ill, as did his colleague, James Webster, who had drunk a small sip of the coffee. Oh, no. So James, however, recovered after a few days, but Rhodes died at home three days later. 
three wow. days of like convulsions and like no suffocating pain yeah, yeah excruciating pain um he was buried the next day on the 1st of april and daisy collected her 100 pounds life insurance that she had taken out on him daisy All so that was that worth it for 100 pounds yeah so i mean i really thought that the husband was going to get it again but no yeah her second husband, Robert, Robert Sproat, had a brother named William who had always had his suspicions that um, Daisy had murdered Robert. And when he heard about Rhodes, he reported Daisy to the police. Okay. So the, the police decided to exhume the bodies of Robert and Rhodes on the 15th of April. And they found that Rhodes was extremely well preserved, which is thought to be symptomatic of arsenic poisoning. Yeah. But a state pathologist couldn't find any evidence um, in his spinal column and in his hair that he'd been poisoned. Because I guess that's where it, like, sticks around. Mm. So Daisy's first and second husbands, who were quite decomposed, still showed traces of strychnine in their vertebrae. Their bones had a pink hue to them, suggesting that they'd been poisoned with pink strychnine, which was a common colour at the time. Wow. That's a lot, right? If it makes it to your bones. Yes. Um, yes. Traces of arsenic were also found in the hair and fingernails of James Webster, Rhodes' surviving colleague. So, one week later, Daisy was arrested and charged with the murders of William, Robert and Rhodes. The story made the papers, which meant that the chemist who sold Daisy the arsenic recognised her from the picture in the paper... And came forward to say that she was uh, Daisy Sprout that he had sold mm -hmm. the poison to. Wow. So he was like, yeah, she definitely bore arsenic. Even though she tried to hide it with a fake name. So mm -hmm. she goes to trial. And at her trial, there's 60 witnesses called for the prosecution. And less than half of that for the defense. So they can't really find many people to say good, good stuff about her. Um, yeah. The prosecution called an expert toxicologist and a professor of pharmacology. However, the judge stated that he didn't feel like there was enough convincing evidence to prove that Daisy had killed her second and third husband with strychnine. But with regards to her son and the arsenic poisoning, the evidence was clear. So he basically like tossed out the two charges of murder. I mean, I don't mm. know how like uh, South African courts and british courts differ but it must be that the judge has a say in what you could even what the jury can even consider yeah the judge basically tossed out the two husbands charges of murder and said like you can't really prove that and then with Rhodes, her son um the coffee flask was tested and it had traces of arsenic left in it and daisy was the person who always made Rhodes his his flask of coffee in the morning and there was like people to back that up. So uh, I wonder what happened that all of a sudden she was just going to target her son, her yeah. 20 year old son. Like, did they get in an argument? Did they, was she just sick of him living with them? Like, I wonder what happened that she all of a sudden was like, well, 20 years with my son. I guess that's it for me. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> spend any more time with him. Fucking done with you it seemed to be fair though <laughs> yeah. like i've i watched a uh that guy i love the irish guy um 
he's called Mike oh, and he's yeah. got a YouTube channel called This Chapter. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. is it this chapter or that chapter? I think it's that chapter. But he had a woman on there who she had a really big family and she killed off like all of them with poisoning. Oh. And her excuse was like, I was just sick of them. Like, I was just <laughs> sick of them taking advantage of me. Like, she, it was like she'd just come to the end of her rope, basically. And this woman kind of oh. reminds me of that. Like, we'll get into it in a little bit. Yeah. Like, her motivations. Yeah. Um, but... Okay uh she insisted that she was innocent and the defense tried to assert that Rhodes had tried to kill himself but that didn't convince anyone because he just didn't have any kind of suicidal tendencies whatsoever he was absolutely fine also that's a weird way to kill yourself suicide and your friend like yes exactly it's not really like if you want to kill yourself there's definitely easier quicker ways yeah so yeah that didn't really fly and then um the trial lasted 30 days and daisy was found innocent of the deaths of her husbands but guilty of the murder of Rhodes. Mm. she was sentenced to death by hanging (gasps) wow yeah so they had the death penalty at the time during her murder trial, Robert's brother was, so her second husband's brother, was suing her for money that she had borrowed from um, her mother-in-law, so their mum. And Daisy mm-hmm. insisted that it was a loan and, sorry, Daisy insisted the loan was a gift and refused to mm-hmm. pay it back. And when she was okay. sentenced to death, she just withdrew from that civil trial and said, fine, I'll just pay you the money back. However, due to her expensive legal costs, she was forced to sell off all her assets and she didn't have any money anyway. So that's why she said, wow. fine, all right, I'll just pay you whatever. Yeah. Because oh, she man. knew that she never would so have to. I would be so frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die anyway, so. Yeah, sure, you can have the money that you'll never get. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay you next week. Yeah. So she was hanged on the 30th of December, 1932, at Pretoria Central Prison. She is the second woman to have been hanged in South African criminal history. Like, Really? But it's kind of like we discussed, like, people don't like giving women the death penalty. I'm also thinking of... Um, what, was she white? Because uh, I yes. feel like there was probably other hangings that were never documented of women Um, of color i've seen a black and white photo of her and i she looks white but i could be wrong but i will okay i'll look i'll look that up and um find out but yeah so she was uh declared bankrupt and she was eventually buried Mm. in a in a pauper's grave so wow that was basically could take any of it with her um daisy daisy's motives for killing her first two husbands seemed to be financial gain which is pretty obvious yeah but then yeah her son however was more of a mystery apparently Rhodes thought that he was going to come into an, an inheritance at the age of 21 so she was oh. like knocked him off before he could take any of the money <laughs> and then one theory is simply that he was becoming a burden and she thought he was ungrateful after she had doted on him all of his life. So it was a bit like that I was other woman. kind of right. Like, Just sick of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is the story of Daisy DeMelka. Wow. What a history lesson. Classic yes. lady poisoner story. 
kill people <laughs> close it. to you for money with poison get too brazen get caught get hung yeah like and arsenic tale as old as time oh, that's all it is tale as yep. old as time it really is <laughs> wow well done thanks mate yeah, I'm glad I didn't go to South Africa this time, this week. We've discussed it, so... Oh, God, the relief. <laughs> yeah. My story this week, I was going to do another country that I told you, and then I didn't want to do another gruesome murder, and this... The, I looked up some from where you said originally, and they are bad. Yeah, and I did... I. I was like, not again. I can't do this again. I can't do another Nothing, beheading no again. No cutting off of stuff. <laughs> no eating stuff. No cutting off. No, no, none of that. No, okay. thank you. Okay. No serial killers. Nothing like that. Okay. So this week, uh, I went to Uganda. And uh, actually, this was a little bit of a history lesson for me as well. Um, because I had no idea about any of this. I mean, I feel like with some African countries and even other countries around the world, uh, there's a lot of homophobia and that's what this story is, is around. Oh, hugely. Yeah. So that's what my story is kind of surrounding this week. And, okay. and I guess it happens a lot. I We're very lucky to be in countries where Although America, depending on where you are, it's still not accepted as mm. much. But yeah, can we're I, very can lucky I ask to you, be in countries. What the hell was the gay rights bill thing this week? Like, don't say gay in Florida? Yeah. What the so fuck in was Florida, that? It's a bill where you cannot acknowledge that someone is gay. Otherwise, it's... Uh, you could get in trouble for it. So basically, the whole point of it is their thinking is in school, they don't want, they're trying to stop any kind of homosexuality to be taught in schools. So this is their way of stopping that from happening. Like, you just can't mention it at all. You can't call someone gay. You can't uh, talk about the history of any... Uh, if anyone was gay in history, it's just oh my trying God. to stop any of that. That's so I know, it's, fucking weird. It's weird and it's it's like of all the things to focus on in the world, in this country, in America. Also, Florida, you got bigger problems. <laughs> exactly. You panhandle crazy fuckers. <laughs> like putting alligators in bins and like fucking florida man how you dealt with covid maybe look at that make some bills around that help some people get healthier but anyways yeah so america is still depending on where you live like la very very day nice is the day is here. long <laughs> And, like, fucking San Francisco and, like, mm -hmm. Seattle. Like, you can't fucking swing a purse without hitting a gay. Like, <laughs> Right. Just... And there's very rich history in, in in um like, prominent figures in history who are yeah, gay. Yeah, Harvey who... Milk and... The Stonewall Riots, which was yeah. about trans activism and 
there's just so much that we don't know about that we weren't taught about and they're still trying to to cut that off from teaching it in schools so i just think afraid. get some fucking real problems like yeah yeah also do you know what annoys me when people are like oh you can't say someone's gay because like that'll make you gay or what but you can continuously tell me that i'm fucking worthless if i don't get married and have kids right exactly that's fine i agree (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just it's such a backwards way of thinking it's just like let people live their lives if i wanted (laughs) i would love to be a lesbian i would love to (laughs) It like, but it just—it is just a testament that sexuality is not a choice. That I still fuck straight men, right? I yes. can't choose to change my <laughs> mind. Like, I fucking wish I could, yeah. but I can't. Doesn't matter how many fucking yeah. gay icons you show me in school. Like, I'm yeah. still gonna find straight men attractive. So, I mean, there should be a law against that. <laughs> like, yes. I agree. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) Finding straight men attractive. There should should be be a law against that. (laughs) It's not good for you. It's it's not. It could be detrimental to your health. (laughs) Yes. Um, All right. Let's get into this story. So this is the story of David Cato. He's a good person. So I'm just going to say that off the bat. You don't have to, like, go okay. into this. Um, Wondering you know, who's gonna, the like... villain. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So David Cato was born in 1964 in Uganda in the village of Nakawala Namatamba Town Council in the Mukono District. He was a twin and he was named Cato because he was the younger of the two twins. So he grew up in a very religious home. He attended King's College Budo and Kayambogo University in Uganda, a secondary school that is one of the oldest in Uganda. And it's also very prominent. Like a lot of uh, African royalty went there. Politicians Mm. went there. So I couldn't really find much about his family life, but it sounds like because he was sent to that school, maybe he was a little bit more well-to-do. Yeah, like it sounds like something you'd have to pay for. Yeah, for sure. So he quickly became a teacher and he taught at various schools around Uganda. It was around this time that he became aware of his sexual orientation and he started to come out to people. So he was gay. Uh, I guess in his early 20s, he started to show that, that Mm -hmm. he was. Uh, Because of this discovery, he was dismissed from his job at the Nile Vocational Institute in 1991. He was 27 years old then. Also at that time, he came out to his twin brother. And a few articles said that, but they didn't say like what the, what, how his brother received it or how Mm. the rest of his family received it. So I'm not sure. Mm. So after he was fired from the Nile Vocational Institute, he went to South Africa where he taught in Johannesburg and he was influenced there by the transition from apartheid to multiracial democracy where LGBT rights in South Africa were growing. And fun fact, in 1996, South Africa became the first nation in the world to 
explicitly prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation in its oh, constitution. That's great. Yeah, that, that is great. 1996 it seems kind of late. Oh, yeah, it's fucking scary late. Like, it yeah. was like in the 2000s that you were allowed to be openly gay and in the army in mm, Britain, I think. Yep. Yeah. Which I, right. I mean, what? Like <laughs> Scary. Scary for anyone before that who was. Oh, there's people that were... Because um, I watched, like, uh, I think it was, like, during Pride Month, I watched a documentary on, um, like, basically the history of homosexuality and how, like, mm-hmm. people who were... Uh, what's it called when you're not, like... There's, like, dishonorably dismissed dishonorably Um, discharged yes that's the word i'm looking for dishonorably discharged and there's people that were dishonorably discharged because they were caught like with another soldier consenting Mm. obviously but like they were dishonorably discharged for that which means that you don't get your pension you don't get like it's like just on your record forever and you don't get your pension even if you've been in the army for like 20 years or whatever which you fucking worked for it's just a way right. to like not give you money and shame you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of people that uh, had like criminal records and stuff for homosexual acts. Mm. Um, like wow. in England, I think homosexuality, I can't remember the year, but I think it was like ugh, maybe the 80s. And it was legal to, it was then legal to be a homosexual, but you had to be over 21 and in your own house. And if you were wow. if you were caught doing like anything homosexual, not in your own house under the age of twenty one, you were again fucked. And it's like wow. And they had to like retroactively expunge people's records and be like, yeah, sorry, that was wrong. That then that meant that you had to announce that on any kind of job interview you had, you had to That's say, crazy. yeah, I've got a criminal record for like homosexual activity. So that's okay yeah. if the person that you're like if your employer is like more open-minded or whatever but like that really fucks your chance of getting a job yeah the mentality at that time greatly would have affected that and obviously you can't work in schools or like anything like that because it's like deemed a sexual crime and stuff so yeah it's disgusting really awful yeah how late it is so that's what uganda was like 10 times more so. Mm. So yeah, Cato went to South Africa. He saw the changes that were happening there. He was greatly influenced by it. He returned to Uganda in 1998, where he was somewhat well-known by then. He decided to come out in public through a press conference. He was arrested and held in police custody for a week due to his oh action. God. What, because yeah. it's illegal to be gay? Yes, and it was just the mentality. It was it was so condemned there that, and it probably still is today to this day. Like this was only about twenty years ago, so yeah, it's it's not like if things have changed, it probably has changed slightly. Yeah, for the better. Uh, when he was released, he was hired to join the faculty at St. Herman Nikoni Boys Primary School in 2002. So he was still working, 
people were still accepting him, but That's he good. was a growing figure in people kn- knew who he was by that point. Mm-hmm. He continued to dedicate much of his working life to helping those persecuted because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. In 2004, he joined SMUG, which stood for Sexual Minorities Uganda, as one of their first board members. SMUG advocated for the protection and promotion of human rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender Ugandans. And let's be honest, it's a great name. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic acronym. <laughs> yeah. Love it. In 2005, he became a founding member of Integrity Uganda, a faith-based LGBTQ organization led by Bishop Christopher Senyonjo to provide support and counseling for LGBT persons who were increasingly falling victim to anti-gay hatred, which was happening a lot, which mm. we are going to talk about. Cato worked with both of these groups and corresponded with international groups around the world, even giving a speech during November 2000 during a November 2009 United Nations funded consultative conference on human rights. Uh, so it was good that he was giving this speech, but during the conference, Cato spoke on the issues of LGBT rights, LGBTQ rights, and the anti-LGBTQ atmosphere in Uganda. Members of the Uganda Human Rights Commission, in quotes, openly joked and snickered during the speech. So the Human Rights Commission. Fucking hell. Human rights of Uganda were making fun of him while he was giving this speech. Oh, fucking grow up. I know. You're on the fucking Human Rights Committee. (laughs) Exactly. You should be listening and supporting everyone who is seeking protection not fucking sniggering like a schoolgirl. like what but that just illustrates the mentality of a lot of uh people in uganda like if you're gonna get to that level and you're working in, in the human rights group and you're still making fun of someone who is gay well what are you thinking how are you how are you looking at anyone who's different from you yeah Uh, So, at the same time, in March 2009, a group of American evangelists traveled to Uganda. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, (laughs) you're not going to like this. (laughs) I was so tempted when we did Asia to do that story about the Sentinelese people. You know, those people who, like, live on... So, they basically, it's just, it's an island off of India. Yeah. They're one of the like untouched tribes, but they live on their own island. And India okay. has has made it illegal to go near their island because they don't oh, want outsiders dangerous. there. Yeah, they will yeah. just fucking fire arrows at you till you leave or die. And like, right, this American evangelist was like, "I'm gonna go yeah. there," and he bribed some fishermen to take him oh, to the yeah. island. Yeah, and he immediately got killed by arrows. And it yeah. was like, dude, get out. There's a reason you're not allowed to go there. Like, you're not the one to convince them. They don't want your fucking no. god. Like, they are right. fine <laughs> on their own, and they have yeah. been for hundreds of years, like thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, these guys were accepted because I believe uh, Uganda is a very Christian country. 
Yeah. So, Fucking missionaries. Some... <laughs> Some of the men in the group included Scott Lively, a missionary who has written several books against homosexuality, including Seven Steps to Recruit Proof Your Child. Uh, another <laughs> member was Caleb Lee Brundage, a self-described former gay man who leads, in quotes, healing seminars. And Don Schmeier, a board member of Exodus International, whose mission is in quotes, mobilizing the body of Christ to minister grace and truth to a, a world impacted by homosexuality. Again, oh my why are you dedicating your life to people just living their lives? Because How with these is people, it affecting you that much? I always think, like, the lady doth protest too much. I always think, like, they are so fucking gay and they want to be gay so bad <laughs> that they have to, like... It's just Make a show of not being gay. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. They're like, I didn't say gay. You said gay. It's like, no, I didn't. Right. <laughs> like, they just don't. I mean, nobody they just mentioned really... anything here. <laughs> it's like, why are you so obsessed? Like, yeah. Yes. I just think like those people are the gayest of the gay people. Like, <laughs> they want to be in like arseless leather chaps, greased up, like having a rave like oh, with nipple yeah. ring like loving it they want to be like painted rainbow colors prancing down the street and they just can't so they have to it's all pushed down and suppressed yeah. and they, ha they have, have to, to go super hard day. the other way yeah yeah so over three days these evangelists held rallies and workshops in uganda discussing how to turn gay people straight how gay men sodomize teenagers teenage boys and how in quotes the gay movement is an <sighs> evil institution intended to defeat the marriage-based society so that was happening in 2009 that influenced what was about to come next Cato and the lgbtq community in uganda uh they also came up against this other thing uh after the evangelists left so they came in made a mess, made people really angry, and then got out of there, went back to America. Off you fuck. So the first thing that happened was a bill introduced in Uganda called the Anti-Homosexuality Bill of 2009, which, amongst other, other things, stated to prohibit and penalize homosexual behavior and related practices in Uganda as they constitute a threat to the traditional family, and prohibit the licensing of organizations which promote homosexuality, which included smug. Mm. If the bill were to pass and you were caught in a homosexual relationship or caught promoting or helping the LGBTQ community, the proposed punishment was hanging. Jesus. 2009. Yeah. Fucking so hell. That's one thing that... That's one thing that happened in Uganda. The second thing that happened in Uganda was there was a new magazine called Rolling Stone. This is not the Rolling Stone that everyone knows. This is just another Rolling Stone magazine started by a 22-year-old 22, 22 Ugandan and his two friends. It was a tabloid weekly newspaper published in Kampala, Uganda. So... Rolling Stone published an article on October 9th, 2010, and it was a gallery of 100 pictures of Uganda's top homos that included 
It included the names, photos, and addresses of a hundred alleged homosexuals. Alleged. With the headline that read, yeah, with the he- headline that read, hang them. Fuck. Yeah. Addresses of just wow. people that were thought to or had come out as gay. How dangerous is that? You might just be a little bit camp. Yeah. You Your might have made a the really paper. close... You, you, Talissa, you might live with Carly and do everything oh, with dude, Carly. Oh, dude, I would be going down. Like, <laughs> I would make that paper no fucking questions asked. Like, <laughs> like, we've got the same second name and then we had a twin room and the beds were like basically together. <laughs> like, at Crofts. And then... That's what I'm saying. Like, anyone could could sort of say like oh my neighbor they're a couple of lesbians and you might not be but that's what happened in that's Uganda. what i'm saying like i fucking wish i was like i'd marry carly tomorrow <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah i'm not <laughs> detrimental article that publishes the names and addresses and photos of a hundred people David Cato was one of the photos published, along with three other smug members. Uh, You can imagine what happened to some of those people that the magazine published. One woman reported that she was almost killed because her neighbors stoned her house. What? Yeah, so it's not just gay men, it's gay women as well. Yeah, just anyone. And it it included trans people. Um, It included anyone lgbtq uh in response cato and the three other smug members that were included in the publication filed a petition with the high court seeking to force the paper to cease distribution of the article the court granted the petition on the 2nd of november 2010 and effectively ended the publication of the rolling stone magazine in Uganda. it's too late now it is thanks yeah. but it's too late like people exactly once people get hold of that they fucking like photocopy it and send it to each other text the addresses to each other like it right it's out there everyone knows yeah, yeah. you the copies could be in your dentist's office yeah you six can't take months that. later it's, it's impossible to take back so but right. yeah so all of that led up to what happened on January 26, 2011, around 2 p.m., Cato was home alone, and he had just hung up the phone to another smug member when an acquaintance knocked on the door. It was 22-year-old Sidney Nusabuga Enoch. He came inside. It's alleged that they were possibly hooking up with each other. So. Yeah. They were interrupted by a neighbor, Kiza Akram, who stopped by Cato's home and he possibly witnessed the two men kissing. And shortly after he left the home, uh, we don't really know what happened, but it's disputed. After Akram left, Enoch grabbed a hammer and beat <gasps> Cato. And it t- I think that uh, the 22-year-old Enoch, he got spooked that someone saw them hooking up together and... Mm. He got, yeah, he just got spooked and was like, oh no, what's what's going to happen? And then he's able to say, 
like he he like he jumped on me and kissed me and i tried yeah. to get him off and i couldn't and it was like you know yeah. self de- self-defense kind of yes thing. exactly there were other rumors that stated that he was a sex worker and that Cato hired him and mm-hmm. Uh, because what he did was, so he beat him with a hammer. He took him, he dragged him into the bedroom where he went through his things and he took his money, shoes, electronics, and clothing. Witnesses saw him leaving the home dressed in some of Cato's clothes, which kind of backs up the sex worker theory because, uh, they said that he was possibly, they hooked up together and that Cato didn't pay him and he wanted money for it. Oh, so that's yeah. one of the other arguments. Yeah. Uh, shortly after he left, Akram, the guy who came earlier, he stopped by again. This time he noticed that the door was locked and loud music was playing in the house. Uh, obviously, Cato didn't answer the door. He and a few other neighbors looked through the windows of the home where they saw blood trails on the floor. They found a spare set of keys and entered into the home where they found Cato, and they rushed him to the emergency room. Unfortunately, <gasps> Cato died en route to the hospital. He was 47 years old. Oh, and he'd done so much. Yeah. He was doing so much. That's so fucking brave to just be like... Mm-hmm. To be yourself. Yeah, like, oh, it's fucking illegal to be gay well i am gay so right. fucking deal with it like right and i'm gonna teach yeah. at a school because yeah. there's nothing wrong with who i am like to ha- to yeah. have i like i'm pretty ballsy but i don't know if i could even i don't know if i've got the fucking ring piece for that like right i agree i i it's oh, that's it's soul destroying to be yourself and he knew it too he before he died uh there was a quote of him talking to a friend and he was like i want to be a live activist not a dead activist i want to keep doing what i'm doing but it's dangerous so he knew that he was in danger yeah and it's like but being a dead activist seems like the only real end to this because there is constantly Mm. a threat on your life yeah you know, yeah. like Martin Martin Luther King or, you know, Malcolm X. Like, there are so many people that want you dead. Yeah. Right. Because you are causing real change and people don't want that. And it's like, yeah. I mean, imagine never knowing you're going to turn the corner and you never know if there's going to be somebody there to kill you. I couldn't live like right. that. Or who to trust. Who to yeah. trust. Like this guy. He invited this guy into his home thinking that things were okay and it wasn't he wasn't uh, someone you could trust yeah so an investigation followed and police immediately went for enoch obviously because the neighbors saw him there and saw him leave he was spotted by nakabago residents in the makono district who alerted the police He was arrested and taken to Makono Police Station, where he admitted to the murder charges brought against him. However, police attempted to de-link the fact that it may have been homophobia that caused Cato's murder. So almost immediately, they didn't want to accept that there was anything gay happening. They were just like, oh, you were robbing him, and that's what happened. Well, like, they don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, because then it's like a hate crime. 
Again, like, the mentality. If you it, if you have enough instances of hate crimes, then it's you a can hate change crime. the law. Then you, yeah. if you're thinking about the mentality, people were so afraid to be linked to anything homosexual mm, that yeah. maybe the police were afraid to defend anyone homosexual. Okay. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, no, it was just a robbery against a man. So news of this went viral and nations around the world stepped in to appease the Ugandan police for a fair investigation. There were calls from the U.S. government and the European Union asking the Ugandan police to actively and vigorously investigate the killing. However, the police deputy spokesperson, Mr. Vincent Sicate, said to the press, the circumstances surrounding this incident have no indications regarding Cato's campaign for the anti-homosexual bill before Parliament. He said, it is therefore not true that his death is connected to mm. his role as an activist in the sexual minorities, Uganda, or smug. So that's just that the police, again, doubling down Well, that down is a fucking coinkydink then, isn't any it? Any <laughs> kind of connection to Cato being gay. Mm-hmm. Kato's funeral was held on January 28, 2011 in Nakawala. Present at the funeral were family, friends, and co-activists, many of whom wore t-shirts bearing his photo in the front. Uh, mm. And on the back, it had a rainbow flag colors uh, inscribed onto the sleeves. Oh, sorry. In, so they had his photo on the front, and then on the back, the Portuguese, uh, it said in Portuguese, La Luta Continua. Portuguese is hard. <laughs> I'm assuming continue or the the fight continues. Like I'm guessing the fight continues. Let's see. That's a good guess. Yeah, you're right. The fight continues. That's a good guess. Yes. <laughs> oh god, I'm good at languages. So that's what it said on the back <laughs> of the shirt and then it had rainbow flag colors on the sleeves. So that's what a lot of people wore nice. to the funeral. I did not know that Portuguese was the fucking language of you, official language of Uganda. I don't think it is. I'm not really sure. Oh, we are Googling a lot this episode. <laughs> Cut this part out. <laughs> Uganda is a multilingual country. So okay. that was just one of the language. That is one of the languages that they speak there. Fair. However, at his funeral, the Christian preacher preached against the gays and lesbian present, making comparisons to Sodom uh, and Gomorrah, before the activists ran to the pulpit and grabbed the microphone from him, forcing him to retreat from the pulpit to Cato's father's house. Good, you fucking cunt. Yeah. what? This like, is not the time and place, dude. Read the room. The man's dead. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Uh, an un unidentified female activist angrily claimed... Uh, angrily exclaimed, who are you to judge others? And villagers sided with the preacher as scuffles broke out during the proceedings. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, it's even further a shame. Villagers refused to bury Cato at his burial place. I'm supposing that oh. it was a family burial site. The task was then undertaken by his friends and co-workers, most of whom were gay. In place of the preacher who left the scene after the fighting... Uh, excommunicated Anglican Church of Uganda Bishop Christopher Senyojo, 
who was mentioned earlier, he officiated at Cato's burial in the presence of friends and cameras. So at least it was documented and it still went forward. How upsetting. That is very like, upsetting. You can't even get a fucking... F- can't even, like, the most upsetting thing ever. Yeah. And it's just people are still, like, pushing their agenda. Like, even in death, he couldn't get a nice, peaceful funeral. Truly. And funerals are there's so much drama at funerals even you want it to be the nicest place but there's always some kind of family drama friend drama money drama and in this case political and uh homophobic drama it's just depressing yeah it really is so sydney nusabuga Enoch was taken to Mikono High Court 10 months later on November 10th, 2011. Prosecution asked court for a maximum penalty basing on the evidence that had been presented and that basing on the fact that the accused had admitted to the crime. Enoch was sentenced to 30 years with hard labor. Uh, with the, <gasps> They still wow. doubled down on it just being a robbery, so that's what he was charged as the motive. So he went to prison for 30 years, hard labor. That does not sound good. No. He's still there now. That was only 10 years ago. He's got a long time to go. He does, yes. Another 20 years. fucking digging ditches or like whatever the fuck you have, break rocks. like not fun. Also, if you think about it, he was rumored to be a sex worker or have a relationship with David Cato so he went to prison where it was probably even worse for him to be oh god yeah lots of although again I say like that's what I mean like people like the official word is it's not okay to be gay Mm -hmm. but people in prison a lot of people go gay (laughs) like or they they just they don't go gay that just this side just they're free to be that. Be who they actually are. It's just one of those things where it's like, there's official, like, uh, I don't know, for example, in Parliament, like, everyone's, like, making up drug laws. Then they're going and doing coke in the bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, like, an official party line, and then there's what actually goes on. It's so depressing. And I can imagine, like, so many politicians in Uganda are gay as the day is long and then being, like... (laughs) And fighting for family, marriage, traditional... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it it benefits them, yeah. I feel like the lesson here... There's a little bit left, but the lesson here, I think, is just be who you are and there won't be any, like, pushed down, suppressed... We've had this discussion before yes. where people go mad and kill people because yeah. they can't be who they are. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Just just go somewhere where people will accept you and you will find your people and it would be okay. So yeah. David Cato was considered a father of Uganda's gay rights movement and described as Uganda's first openly gay man. The European Union said in a statement after his death, David Cato was fearless in his defense of fundamental rights and freedoms and will be a great loss to the global community of human rights defenders and to Uganda. And that is the story of David Cato. (gasps) That was great. Thanks. 
you hear about so many like western and white activists Mm -hmm. or not just not just white but like a lot of western activists yeah like where being gay is you know as you say in america sometimes frowned upon or you know completely banned in places um but generally like in the west it is generally accepted that you should be able to be gay if you want to yeah whereas like the rest of the world i don't know that that's as true so to be in a country in like 2010 where it's still illegal to be gay and be an activist is just like the bravest thing i've ever heard it really is and it's almost a foregone conclusion yeah that you're gonna die (laughs) i don't want to go that far you want to give those people hope and also having support from other countries, which David Cato did. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. a it's a tough life to be in a country to fight for these kinds of things where it's, homophobia is still a widespread thing. Yeah, that's... I didn't know about that guy and I'm glad I do now. So yeah, good story. Thanks. I think that's a... Uh, good place to end that's us for this week (laughs) yeah uh remember to check us out on patreon if you can or follow us on instagram or twitter and if you have any suggestions for episodes let us know yeah the email address is transatlantic crime all one word at Mm gmail.com pretty easy so yeah yep slip us a little message Mm -hmm. of anything really yeah honestly anything Apart from abuse, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Um, Yes. Okay, bye. Uh, Bye. Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at TransatCrimePod, Instagram at TransatlanticCrime, and on Facebook with Transatlantic Crime Podcast. Thanks, bye.